What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, to celebrate the 100th episode of the Rewatchables podcast, Quentin Tarantino returns for the third and final movie in his three-part series with us. In the final episode, Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy discuss with Quentin one of his favorite movies, the 1990 crime thriller King of New York. Make sure to check out this special episode and follow at the Rewatchables on Twitter for highlights of all 100 episodes. And welcome to a new episode of Ringer Dish. This is the pop culture podcast feed on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kate Hollowell, and I'm here in the studio with star producer Isaac Lee. I wouldn't go as far as star. (laughs) And we have assembled a group of K-pop fans, a group of BTS fans, because today, in the midst of BTS comeback season, we're going to do an all BTS everything episode of Ringer Dish. So Isaac and I are K-pop fans. Isaac has been a K-pop fan for a long time. And we knew we had to get a real BTS expert. Yeah, we definitely could not hold it down for all the armies out there. We couldn't. Ourselves. So we're very, extremely thrilled to have Kim Young-dae on the phone. He wrote BTS The Review. Literally wrote the book. Literally wrote the book about BTS. Young-dae, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Young-dae. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're thrilled that you could call in. We're trying to do more Ringer Dish K-pop content. No better place to kind of keep this going than with BTS, especially right now. Obviously, we're right ahead of this BTS comeback. It's Map of the Soul mm-hmm. 7. And they kind of have a staggered release schedule for this comeback. We have already gotten the first Suga song, which was Interlude Shadow. Their first single comes out on Friday, and then the album comes out February 21st. So we thought this was the perfect time to kind of look back on their discography. Definitely. And no one knows their discography better than you, (laughs) at least least on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you talk a little bit about why you chose to devote so much time and effort to writing a book about BTS? Well, obviously, the publishers asked me. (laughs) (laughs) And they're the biggest pop band right now in the world. So for many reasons, it's an obvious choice. But for me as a critic... I think it's really important in many ways for K-pop globalization and the history of K-pop and the whole Korean pop music history. I think BTS is a great example to explain many of those things. So, yeah, I just wrote a book and uh, now people call me an expert. I'm kind of nervous (laughs) about calling me an expert. Um, I've been a music critic for a long time, for um, at least last two decades, I guess. But before I wrote this book, nobody knows me at all. But <laughs> now I'm um, kind of, I had my, some reputation. Uh, you have your own army now. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. But uh, I mean, I'm getting uh, attention and reputation a little bit because of BTS. So I'm, I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to, just for one second, just to interrogate what you said at the very beginning of your mm-hmm. sentence. Like, they're the biggest pop band in the world. Not mm-hmm. the biggest K-pop band. Right. They're the biggest pop band in the world. And yes. I don't think that's, any over-exaggeration at all. Like, that's Mm -hmm. actually true. And for them to represent not only Hanyu, the Korean globalization of of culture, but also just pop music as a whole. Like, is Mm -hmm. that fair to say? I think so. I mean, it's a staggering achievement in itself that they became the biggest band out there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I read Youngdae's book yesterday, uh, (laughs) start to finish. (laughs) And he goes, you know, album by album, song by song, And for anyone who just wants to get into the real nitty gritty of their discography and kind of see the evolution, I think is really clear in this book of where they started, where they are, how far they've come, which I think is going to be a main theme of Map of the Soul 7, just based on the name and based on what we've seen so far. So I think it's a great place to start. And we were trying to figure out how to format this podcast in a fun way and in a way that would be an interesting way to look back at their discography. And we decided on a format that we've done a lot on Ringer Podcast, which is top fives. And in the past, we've done this with like, you know, top five Spielberg movies, top five Christmas songs. But say we're going to do BTS top fives. So we have each independently come up with our own lists of top five BTS songs and top five BTS music videos. And that can mean either, you know, songs that you think represent them as a group, songs that you think were their best achievement or just personal favorites, like based on nothing except like, I love the song and 
I wanted to put it on my list. <laughs> so I think we're going to have a lot of overlaps here. Absolutely. Um, we will. But we're going to start with BTS songs and then we'll move into BTS music videos. Yeah, we also thought about doing performances, but uh, we that did. Would, we had to cut that. <laughs> that would be a four hour podcast. <laughs> we realized we would be here all day. <laughs> Um, but we did really want to talk about performances, maybe on another podcast. Maybe. We'll see. Let us know <laughs> if you would like to hear it and we'll see what we can do. So we're going to start out with our top five BTS songs. I think I'm going to go first just because I only have one overlap mm-hmm. with you guys. If we have overlaps, we'll all kind of talk about them at once. So I kind of approach this as my favorite BTS songs. I'm going to mm. go ahead and count down from five to one. Guys, please feel free to critique my choices, support my choices, whatever you want to do. Also, I'm just going to offer a super quick disclaimer. I'm the only non-native Korean speaker on this podcast, so please take my pronunciations with a grain of salt. I apologize for any like woefully <laughs> wo- woefully Americanized You're versions. Right. You're pretty good. Feel free to correct me. Um, I'm working on it. Just know. And I, this is a reference to uh, my number five song, which is actually my favorite BTS song. This is the one that I, I put on my list just because it's the one that I play the most. And that's Bepse slash Silver Spoon. I just think this song is an iconic bop. It is so underrated. I think right. it, it's a great, great time. It's a great choice. I mean, like you say, it's uh, one of the most underrated songs. I, I think that's probably because it's in their earlier career mm-hmm. before they became a superstar. But it's, yeah, still a great song. Yeah, there are kind of two things in Bepse. One is like the silver spoon metaphor about mm-hmm. how people are born with like a golden spoon or a silver spoon or a dirty spoon in their mouth, basically like the privilege that you you carry since birth. And then also Bepse is another word for a bird called a crow tit. Which is like, Mm -hmm. it's like an idiom for if a crow tit walks like a stork, it will break its legs, which is kind of a Korean quote. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like a reminder for people to kind of stay in their lane. Yeah. So it's basically BTS talking about how, you know, their generation, it's hard for them. They start out in this disadvantaged spot and adults tell them that they can't do it and tell them that they have to be a certain way. Great message. And again, just such a catchy song. Right. This it has song, to be a bop before anything. It has to be a bop before anything. This song has gotten me up so many hills, like on runs. Like I'll be like, oh my God, I can't do it. And then Bepse comes on and it, it, that little like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I can do it. I can do anything. Yeah. And they just seem to have a great time when they perform this song. You know, everyone's enjoying mm-hmm. it. The audience, them, everyone. So I love that song. My number four is No More Dream. Mm-hmm. It's where it all mm. began, you guys. So I noticed that we didn't have a ton of super early songs on our list. So I kind of moved things around and worked this in. But this was their first single. And I think it's notable that they still perform it so often today. Yeah, I mean, debut songs in general, a lot of groups go back to them, but BTS right. especially do go back to this song. A lot. Yeah. And I think that's just notable just because like, you know, as a group improves and grows and performs different kinds of music, it's not super often that they like really, really do that song a lot. Mm. But I think it's just really good. And I think that how they perform it now is so different than how they used to perform it because it's just such a different lens on the song you know they're talking about you know falling again like falling prey to society's expectations Mm -hmm. and these like rebellious themes that they've had since the beginning but now they're so successful and so popular and doing so well and it's i don't know it's fun to see now versus in the very early days right i think they still have that dna now but they really lean hard into that message and that kind of image early on right Mm -hmm. and i like the message the whole whole message about dreams and what is the definition of dreams is it success or is it college or is it something that people want to believe that that should be your dream or something like that i, I think the message itself from the beginning it's so it's so powerful and still in their dna in bts songs right yeah. it resonates with any teen who's ever been a teen or anyone yeah, you know growing yeah. up yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. get old ever right so my number three song was fire Parentheses burning up. (laughs) 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 
like the hypest BTS song oh, in absolutely. history. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you get that intro and then it goes in, the beat just absolutely drops. It's like a perfect gym song. Yes. Yeah. BTS yeah. is like, my my workout playlist is like all BTS. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's certainly like one of the songs that I think audiences go most insane for. And Youngday, in your book, you actually mentioned that seeing BTS perform Fire at KCON in 2016 was like a huge yeah. moment for you where you were like, oh, I'm witnessing something absolutely huge. Right, right. My experience of BTS performance goes back to um, 2014 KCON, but that was their first appearance in US debut. Mm-hmm. But actually the the moment of their like popularity exploding and the whole energy exploding was 2016 KCON. And, and you know, the KCON is a K-pop concert. It's a kind of all-star lineup. So it's not just about BTS. Mm-hmm. But when this song was performed at, at that very, very moment, I kind of felt that the whole building would would fall down or something like that. It was that powerful. And I kind of felt some kind of revelation that the game has, has been changed, you know, and BTS now is in the, in the top of the game and uh, one of the most promising K-pop bands at the time. Yeah. And I think this is another one that they revisit on stage still quite a bit. Right. And I think combining this with like in their most recent tour, they did a medley where it was like Pepsi, Fire, Dope, and run like 10 minutes where <laughs> like spoiling two of my picks, by they, the way. Well, we're going to get to those, but <laughs> yeah. like, it's like 10 minutes where literally they do not stop running and jumping and dancing and running and jumping and dancing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I think that medley, like on the love yourself, speak yourself tour just really sums up just like the absolute infectious energy of these songs <laughs> all together. Like you just can't not get so hyped up right. and get so into right. it. But yeah, fire is just an all timer. It really characterizes their energy, as you said, mm-hmm. the funness of right, BTS. Right, right. The, the beat hits really hard, so hard, really hard. <laughs> and the way mm-hmm. that the way that they say "prutaud" in there with that kind of like, I don't know, like I don't give a care yeah. type attitude. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Just that whole vibe of the band is characterized yeah. within that one song. I think. Right. Totally agree. We're pivoting for my number two pick. This very is different song. Very different song. I have "Magic Shop" as my second favorite BTS song. I love it. I'm glad you say that because I actually have a quote from your book that I included included (laughs) in my outline. I'm going to use your words to back up my list. (laughs) Um, But what you wrote, and I honestly can't word it better than this, so I'm just going to read a little bit of it. To any idol, the relationship with their fans is doubtlessly precious. The gratitude that BTS has for their fans, who were the central driving force that made them the global megastars, is exceptional. Magic Shop is a song that elevated the tight bond between BTS and their fans to a whole new dimension. It's not just about the artists making good music and the fans supporting them. When life gets hard, almost to the point of an unbearable state, having each other to give and receive consolation is incredibly special. And so this song is produced by Jungkook, which is rare. Um, And I think a lot of fans really seize onto that as kind of like a message from him to the fans and from BTS Mm -hmm. to the fans. Because most of the time, the older guys are the ones producing. Yeah, the rap line for the Mm -hmm. most part. It's a declaration of love from BTS to the fans. It has this hook of, you know, so show me, I'll show you. The fans sing part of it. BTS sings part of it. It highlights that the fans are always there for them. They're there for the fans. And I think genuinely it just is such a statement of what makes people love BTS as much as they love BTS, which is Mm -hmm. a lot. You think of like the fans having a role and BTS having a role and having like kind of this disconnect, but they've always been like sort of in this symbiotic relationship and like neither one would be where they are without the other. And I think this song just really highlights that in a beautiful way. And it's just a beautiful song. Yeah, beautiful song. Yeah. It's lovely. And then my number one song, let's actually save to talk about until okay. we get to at least Isaac's list. Right, because yeah. Isaac and I have the same number one with a, a slight cheating coda for me. I added <laughs> so I, I kind of have two songs for my okay, number one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, then uh, we'll discuss it at length yes. in my list. So Isaac, all you. Yeah. You know, because we just teased it, I'm just going to start with it. My number one song, my favorite BTS song is Save Me. Hmm. I genuinely think this song is a masterpiece. We'll get to the music video, but I think the music video belongs in a museum. 
I love how much you love Save I, Me. The song is so good. It's, it's really so good. It's kind of a ballad disguised in a dance song. Mm-hmm. It feels that totally. way. Mm. What I love about it is like the synth bell or the cowbell kind of sounding thing. It's the five note. Just that production choice itself. I just I think about that cowbell a lot. Mm. I do. Like I genuinely I just think about it. I just hear it a lot. Yeah. Um, there's nothing really more for me to add than I just love it. I love it too. And I this was my number one song as well. Right, right, right. Um, mm. But what made me love Save Me as much as I do was the addition of I'm Fine. Mm. Um, mm. So Save Me came first. It's on the album The Most Beautiful Moment in Life, Young Forever. And then I'm Fine is kind of a coda. I'm Fine is on Love Yourself Answer. And I'm Fine, they took Save Me and sort of reversed it thematically and like melodically. It has a similar intro and kind of a different key. But when I heard I'm Fine, I was like, these guys are like maybe geniuses. Because the way, just the way that they work (laughs) these two songs together. And the first time that I saw them perform together, I like truly remember it like very emotionally because I was like, they fit together in this amazing way. And like, obviously I don't connect to the lyrics the same way that you guys do because I don't understand a lot of the lyrics. (laughs) So I just wanted to comment on the stage, which... The first time they performed these together, they did a little bit of Save Me and then they transitioned to I'm Fine. The choreo for Save Me is kind of based on this theme of like breaking apart and coming together. Repeatedly, they kind of like walk through the frame and then in the music video, you know, they come together and do Mm -hmm. the dance. But then when they transition into I'm Fine, they transition into kind of this theme of just literally physically and emotionally like lifting each other up. Right. And Mm -hmm. throughout I'm Fine... You know, they lift up Taehyung at the beginning and he there's this beautiful like choreo mm. where they're like lifting him and he's like reaching towards the sky and then they're falling down and lifting each other up throughout the whole song. Yeah. And mm. it, it just matches the lyrics and they're just like physically supporting each other and emotionally supporting each other. And I just think it's gorgeous. I, thought, I just love these yeah. two mm-hmm. songs together. The logo flipping and it's Yes, yeah, where Save really Me cool. flips upside down and yeah. it's actually I'm fine. Yeah, I was like right. mind blown. Yeah, we snuck in the mm. performances part that we said I we're did. gonna cut. I know I did cheat <laughs> and do that. But yeah, I just these two songs together I think are my favorite thing that BTS has ever done. All right. So for my second pick, my second favorite song from BTS is Pomnal. In English, it's Spring Day. I love ballads in general. That's like kind of my K-pop taste. Mm-hmm. Homnut, I guess it's ballady, and uh, I love it when Chimin gets to show off his vocals. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Is when he just kind of gets to belt. So that last chorus when he comes in, and is just belting. It's so uh, emotionally resonant. Yeah, and um, I mean, starting from RM's verse at the very beginning, mm-hmm. it's so affecting and touching. You know, in a way that. Honestly, before that song came out, I didn't really know that BTS had it in them. Because they were they were known for the what we talked about earlier, the mm-hmm. energetic, the kind of the party, really the celebration, the rebellious side of things, and positivity. And this is a lot more longing and melancholy mixed in. Mm-hmm. So I really like right. the song. That's actually my number three. It's very special, personally. It's definitely one of my favorite BTS songs of all time. I think when it's all said and done, people oftentimes remember a certain artist with certain songs. It's mm. not because it's the biggest hit or it's the best song, but because it can be heard and appreciated again and again later, yeah. regardless of the trend or genres. It's the re-listenability so, of it. Right, <laughs> right. Such songs are so uncommon and uh, extremely hard to find. In K-pop, for example, perhaps the that kind of song is Girl Generations Into the New World. Oh, mm. yeah. It's not their biggest hit. It's been loved by so many people for a very long time, and it can be remembered and interpreted you know, differently by mm-hmm. many people, regardless of the original intention of the song. So BTS Spring Day is that kind of song for me. It's a modern classic. Right. So beautiful. And at the same time, it's so sad. You know, many people know this song as a tribute to the Sewol Ferry disaster. Yeah. That adds another layer of like historical right. context. It's an actual national tragedy. Right. I think the interpretation is right. But even without knowing the kind of background or social implication or something like that, the song itself is still really powerful because of the kind of universal sentiment about the longing that cannot be reached forever. So I think it's really deep. 
like you said, it's such a beautiful ballad. But I think with the message and the implication and the beautiful music video, I think it's especially powerful song. Yeah, we'll save our uh, music video Definitely. discussion for a little later. So stay tuned for that. My number three top song is I Need You. Taking it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It feels like the mid-2010s for sure. <laughs> But it still holds up. Like I, I, five years later, I still really enjoy listening to it. I think this was the first song from BTS that I thought, "Oh, these guys have it. Like these guys mm. have the talent." Like, because mm. um, a lot of their earlier songs, of course, they had the talent to begin with. But like a song like "Changnamja," "Boy in Love," like mm-hmm. they're really just shouting most of the time. That was the production mm. direction that they were given. But mm-hmm. I need you. They're really being artists with their vocals, and uh, I really like this song. It feels like kind of a turning point for them as well in, in yeah. terms of like broadening their range. And like you said, I think Young Day wrote about this in his book a lot is like the raw talent was absolutely there mm-hmm. early on, but they just kind of had to develop and find their niche and find this more polished sound. Yeah, you know, that's the right um, word. They, yeah. they became more polished, I think, with this song. I agree. And I want to pair my number four selection as well, which is Run, mm-hmm. and which is in the same time frame. I think these two songs were really when I started to think, man, are these guys the next big thing? Like it was, it was mm. like them and EXO. I'm sorry for mentioning another another group <laughs> here, but uh, it was half like, our listeners just turned off the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but I really thought about those two as like, oh man, one of these guys are might be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And you were right, <laughs> and I was right. Um, do you want to get into your number five? Yeah, my number five. This is a bit of a like a recency bias pick, but it's Mic Drop, the Steve Aoki remix featuring Designer. You prefer the Designer version? Yeah, so I prefer the okay. Designer version. I like the Steve Aoki remix in general. I think I like the handoff between designer's verse and going into the pre-chorus with bts like i really like mm-hmm. the whole aspect of that and also it's in english and that's you know my primary language <laughs> right i think it's notable that they pulled off a this collab and b this like kind of english remix of yeah. this song because you know a lot of groups try that bts has tried a lot of different collabs some mm-hmm. of them have been good most of them i think have not been as good as the original version mm, right um so i think it's notable that this collaboration worked as well as it did yeah but yeah, this, I like every version of Mic Drop. Youngday, you have regular Mic Drop on your list as well. Yeah, I, I love every version. I love especially the, the original version mm-hmm. on her and the uh, the Steve Aoki remix. I yeah. think Steve Aoki remix really was able to build up the kind of momentum mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. proving uh, he is a really professional producer. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. original Mic Drop is representing BTS kind of darkness and rawness. So right, I, I, right. Li- I like those styles too. Yeah, it capitalizes on their strength in yeah. a lot of ways. Right, especially right. like the live, I keep working the performances into it. But mm-hmm. um, like I remember when they did Mic Drop on SNL, first of all, it's impossible to sound good on Saturday Night Live yeah. on that stage. And a lot of K-pop groups are used to singing with like a significant backing track, especially with all that choreo. And I remember mm-hmm. being surprised that they were going to do Mic Drop on SNL and being like, how is that going to work on this tiny ass stage? Mm. These poor boys trying to sing mic drop live, Mm, like Mm. with the dance break, with the choreo. And I remember like being so stunned at how well they pulled it off. They really pulled it off. They really did. And it's, it's such a difficult song, like in the choreo and the energy is so high. And I remember being just so amazed that it translated as well as it did to that specific stage. And I was just like, mic drop, like where, like it could (laughs) sound good in a school cafeteria. Like we can, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like the power of mic drop. It's Mm -hmm. such a great, like infectious song. Yeah. Infectious is the right word. You can hear the, you can hear that like in your head all the time. Uh, Just to defend my choice of this specific version in particular, I think when I heard it for the first time, something about it, it signified for me that K-pop was accepted. 
mm. that BTS was mm. part of. Mm-hmm. It was Steve Aoki, a very prominent DJ and producer, remixing this song and designer at the time, like a, a top rapper, mm-hmm. you know, featuring on the song. Like it was like kind of like, okay, they've come into America and like have become part of our culture now. Mm. And like that to me, I guess as a Korean, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty proud of that. Absolutely. And I remember I heard this on the radio. Like this was on the radio. Yeah, this is on the radio. Which, I think that also too. Like you're in the back of a lift. Yeah. Which like it. still doesn't happen that often. Like you still don't, even the big K-pop songs and like right. the English K-pop songs and things like that. Like I can count on one hand, like the number of songs I've ever heard in an Uber that right. have come anywhere close to a K-pop group. But like this one was. Like I was in Ubers right. hearing Mic Drop Remix, which is just like thrilling on so many levels. Mm. and was like such a surprising thing for the time and even now. Yeah. So yeah, great choice. Yeah, one, one last note. I'm a big basketball fan and the very first line of Designers Verse is playing that basketball. I think about it a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> the culmination of your interest. Yeah, it's just really my interest all in one. I love it. I, I think the song is, you know, sounds and looks so cool in yeah. everywhere. I mean, in the bigger like stadium concert, mm-hmm. it is just so beautiful when the, the yeah. song was played, all the fans in the stadium, the waving the light stick mm-hmm. based on this beat. It's so amazing. And I think the song really feels natural and effortless in, in every yeah, way. Yeah. I, I think BTS knows it. You know, all right. parts of the song, I mean, all the components of the song in terms of composition, so effortless. And, yeah. and it's successfully demonstrating the uh, the identity of BTS as a hip-hop idol, hip-hop group. They feel really comfortable performing it. That's right, so true. The swagger, aggressiveness. Yeah. I mean, there were tons of other like K-pop idols who tried, attempted, hip-hop and embracing hip-hop as a kind of component. But mm. this song and this particular performance is so successful. And it's just perfect to express the charm of hip-hop, the swagger, you know, naturally and effortlessly and intensely. It's just amazing. So I like this song. Though. I totally agree. Not to keep going on mic drop, but I liked what you said <laughs> about how it, it fits together so well, because I think people who are new to K-pop sometimes can hear these songs and think that there are like so many different melodies and so many different, like there's the vocalists and there's the rappers. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that Mike drop capitalizes on both the vocalist strengths and the rapper strength, particularly like Jin's bridge oh, wow. in Mike yeah. drop and like the choreo and the way that it fits him and the way that the bridge fits him. Like if you know Jin's strengths and you've heard a lot of like his parts in BTS songs, you maybe would like look at Mike drop and be like, like, is this really his style? Mm-hmm. But they fit him in, in such a specific way that highlights his strengths and like doesn't feel strange at all in this like hardcore mm. hip hop song. And it just, yeah, the whole song is like that. It's just fit together in this really natural way that just highlights all of them so perfectly. Yeah. Right. Okay. One last thing on my job. I love Sorry. it. I love that we're doing 10 so minutes on my job. Um, <laughs> RM, when he shouts, woo, and it's like auto tune, <laughs> yeah. it's such a good moment. So good. <laughs> Guys, should we just scrap it and do a mic we just, drop? We just make this a mic drop podcast. Podcast. No, no, no. no. We got to get to Young Day's list because okay, he's yes. the actual expert. Actual expert. We're, we're just the appetizers. Oh until yes, you. we are. The main course. Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure whether this should be uh, my favorite songs list or my, because I'm a critic. So yeah, I'm usually, yeah. you know, used to have a kind of objective view on, on the song. So right. I don't particularly prefer song based on my preference usually, mm-hmm. but I, I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> so <laughs> you, have mine, a, you have a good array. <laughs> okay. So my number five is tomorrow. There are many reasons why I like BTS music in general, but one of them is definitely how they always hold the string of hope, even in the darkest situation. Yeah. Mm. In general, BTS song is about like self-love, hope, dreams. It's all about that kind of emotion, you know, holding the string of hope, even in the darkest situation. So their song, especially this song tomorrow, sometimes it would feel kind of, gloomy mm-hmm. but it's not overly depressed and it's mm-hmm. very optimistic sometimes but it's not too naive so it's very well balanced message and the composition wise is so beautifully written melodies and vocals are great so this is definitely one of the best songs especially among bts all of this group yeah it was interesting listening to the song again and listening to the lyrics and these are really deep lyrics and um 
Suga and Hozok and RM all had songwriting credits on this. So like, yeah, they really did have the talent early on. And um, mm-hmm. six years later, it still holds up. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised by this choice. And I, I at first like was kind of like, which one is that? Um, <laughs> but I went back and listened to it. And I love that you picked this because they have so many songs that have kind of been hidden. They have, first of all, they have so many songs. Uh, and mm. so I was really glad that you picked this because I do think it highlights even the songs that like people don't really talk about anymore. I have still have so much hidden depth and have so much like just emotional resonance still, even from mm. like their early days. It's just like what Isaac said, even back then, like they had so much raw talent that yeah. was just like waiting. Mm. I think, I think <laughs> I had a bit of a bias towards their earlier music because at the time they were kind of known as Oh wow! Like elementary schoolers and middle schoolers really love BTS. Mm-hmm. Like that was the kind of the the narrative and the rhetoric in Korea at the time. Just like, oh, these guys are really popular with kids, but they had depth in their music. That should not never have been an indictment upon their artistry or their maturity as musicians. Absolutely, and I love that they didn't shy away from that, knowing what kind of their audience was at the mm, time. Right? They weren't like, oh, kids won't understand yeah. what we're talking about, or oh, like teenagers can't relate to this. They're like. They didn't talk down to their audience and they still don't. Mm-hmm. It's like what they're doing now with their art project that they just announced today. They are raising fandom to a certain level. They're not like, oh, we're just yeah, going to pander They trust to that this. the fans have right. the depth of appreciation. Now. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're artists. Here's our art. And we know you can understand it. We know you right. can relate to it because we know how smart and how relevant you are, which is great. It's something that's always been true about them, I think. Yeah. In that sense, I want to praise like the brilliance of producer Pang Shiho. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's exceptional for, for idol producer encouraging their artists, encouraging their trainees to come up with their own lyrics, own production, mm-hmm. own beats, whether it's so polished or not. So, I mean, from the get go, Pang Xiao always in- encouraged them to have their own voices in their music. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I think BTS music and their performance is special. And I think mm-hmm. fans definitely felt that kind of strip BTS mm-hmm. more. Yeah, you wrote about that a lot in your book about how mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, how did BTS do what they did? How are they as big as they are? Like what sort of caused right. that boom? And I mean, that is, I think what a lot of people point to is just that authenticity and the fact that they took such a, pers- right. a personal right. stake and a personal part of their music, which is, is rare for the industry. I mean, we don't usually talk about the, the lyrics of boy bands or girl groups, no, especially no, yeah. in the American industry. So right. I think uh, it's kind of one step further. I, that's why I call them as a most advanced model of mm-hmm. K-pop today because how they combine this just this beautiful music, you know, the enjoyable performance with deeper message mm-hmm. and their um, complicated but also accessible messages. Right. Yeah. It was kind of unexpected when they first came out that a boy band produced by Pang Jiyak, who is known to be kind of a to put it kindly, like he's a perfectionist and Pang Jiyeok was mm. known in public. He's a famous producer, so right. he right. would go on programs and he had the scary image of this guy who's, <laughs> you know, he did the audition program, We Dan Tang Seng, and he was like, right. this guy's going to criticize your music. Like Korean Simon Cowell. <laughs> yeah, he was a Korean Simon Cowell. Like that's really how... Thank you for putting that in terms yeah, for that's me. How the I, Korean I totally audience, understand yeah, now. <laughs> that's how the Korean audience viewed him and when they came out and they were liberated to do their own thing and, and really encouraged to write their own music, it was a little unexpected expected but as time goes on it really as you said young day there's a lot of credit to producer Pang Shiyak as well as the boys in liberating them to do their own music mm-hmm. exactly yeah okay so your next two songs we've already kind of discussed do you want to say anything else about mic drop or spring day I think we've kind of done <laughs> mic drop to death yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to get into your number two yeah sure uh, my number two is fake love I love that you included this yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the darkest, I guess, and most complex songs of BTS. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw the lyrics of this song, I, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe, you know, how idols like BTS come up with these kind of lyrics, this kind of messages. Mm-hmm. You know, many people understand this song as just purely as a love song. And of course, this is about love. But as with, you know, all songs and albums that BTS made so far, after all, their subject matter 
cannot be fully explained or understood without knowing their relationship with fans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this particular song, that they don't say like "love me, whatever, love you," but they say "love that doesn't love themselves is fake love," and yeah. I'm sick of it. So this is such a powerful message, and this so unusual message for idols, and it's like kind of important clue for one grand like theme and revelation in the series: love yourself. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the song is really deeper than many people think. And musically, it's perfect song as well. You know, the song borrowed emo, rock, hip-hop, media. And I thought that the song embodied that gloomy emotions of the genre perfectly. And it's perfectly matched with the ideas of fake love and love yourself. Okay, so your number one, Youngday, what is your number one favorite, or at least your number one BTS song? <laughs> My number one song is Epilogue, Young Forever. I love this choice. I was very surprised by this. Yeah, I was super surprised by this as well. I looked it back Mm. up on YouTube and I realized that this was the song that they sang at Wembley at like their last fans sang at Wembley and they all just like started crying. And I was like, oh yeah, Yeah. I get get it. Yeah, (laughs) There's a good reason for it. I I think this song is one of the BTS greatest songs and one of the most emotional ones too. Mm -hmm. Probably the most personal one too. Mm. This song like functions as an epilogue of Hyangyeong, our most beautiful moment in life series. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it contains all this different like emotion, but it, it has the very essence of the entire subject matter. The mm-hmm. So just like tomorrow, this song contains the complex emotions of like anguished youth, the agony, frustration, yeah. despair, you know, hope, agony. I said agony twice anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they put everything together so beautifully mm-hmm. to make it feel really complex but at the same time really uplifting at the same time you know Mm -hmm. so to me this song is not just about the story about youth but i think it still resonates uh with with so many different people with with so many different generations because everyone has that youth in their hearts still you Mm -hmm. know when they're 30s or 40s so every time i hear this song i still have goosebumps every time it is really beautiful. I just mm. listened to it again in advance of and watched kind of the scene at Wembley where the fans like surprise them by singing it. And mm. it does just have that just such emotional resonance to it in mm. yeah. both the melody and the lyrics. I think the conclusion we've been arriving at all episode is um, they're really good at striking the balance and or just digging into the dichotomy of hope and despair mm-hmm. and right. just kind of towing that line. And as if there are two sides of the same coin. And um, this song really does exemplify that. It's the desire to be young forever, mm-hmm. distilled down, but also the knowledge that, you know, time goes on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the beauty of a futile hope. Mm-hmm. I love that they've kind of, you know, as they've grown, they started out with those like rebellious youth, like the adults can't tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. still keep talking about the experience of youth and like relating to people's experience of growing up and and kind of leaving it behind, but always kind of carrying it with you and what Mm. you've learned. And it's such an impressive evolution of like continuing this theme in such an interesting and evolving way. None of that Mm. made sense, Mm. but I feel like you know what I mean. (laughs) They've stayed true to like this theme of youth and they just, it's grown with them and it's grown with their musical talents and their artistry as they've come along. And, And even like their upcoming album map of the soul seven obviously the title implies that it'll be about some way connected to like their journey as the seven of them i mean i think we can expect that it will also comment on on these themes of growing and mm-hmm. and learning and and sort of leaving this behind especially if it is their last album before enlistment and so you know i mean they will be leaving some part of this journey behind right. and sort of transitioning into another era and so i think it's it's very likely that we get more of this theme in another mm-hmm. in another sense on the new album yeah mm-hmm. Guys, do we want to talk about music videos? Let's do it. Shall yes. we? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay. We'll try not to go quite as long on this one, but <laughs> um, I want to start with Young Day's list because we saved him for the end last time because he's the expert. 
but he has a lot of. You uh, keep saying expert. <laughs> you are the expert. You wrote, a book. you wrote the book. You wrote a whole ass book. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Cool. That's what that's what happens when you write a book. You become an expert. Yes. We don't make the rules. Um, okay. okay. So do you want to start with your your favorite or your top five BTS music videos? Well, I'm not usually music video type of person. Okay. But my number five is Idol. I'm glad that you put this on here because I wanted to talk about Idol in general. Mm. Kind of a controversial choice. Some people do not love the Idol music video. Maybe I'm Korean. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but Maybe. As, as a critic, you know, the I've, I've always been wondering what aspect of K-pop should be Korean. Mm-hmm. In other words, what is K in K-pop right. would mean? And this song gave me some answers. Not everything, but, but some answers. I think the devices of, of the video itself, mm-hmm. the displaying various like Koreanness, yeah, uh, traditional patterns, costumes, you know, various symbols. Those are very good. And even when Nicki Minaj raps, <laughs> I think that Hangul uh, on the backdrop, mm-hmm. it was pretty symbolic, and it definitely shows how confident they are as Korean artists, yeah, and how much they're proud of their culture as well. So I think uh, it's. A really significant song in K-pop idol history in general. I mean, just listen to all the like little uh, exclamations that they do. Arsu chota, mm. very traditional Korean. Yeah, ex- yeah. Chota, yeah. You know, like very. Those are Korean, Korean, Korean sayings. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't even mean much. Like really, it's just exclamations, yeah. and um, they're very fundamental to Korean sound. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever watched the, the teaser teaser version? Yes. Not the uh, the original version. Yes. Yeah, teaser version. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure they, they even had a computer generated Korean instrument, Korean traditional instrument mm-hmm. playing that song. They also have done a lot of performances with traditional like Korean dancers and and the Korean instruments on stage with them. Yeah, and the Mama, Mama 2018, oh one of my it's One incredible. Of my favorite performances <laughs> of BTS all time. Yes. Um, but the thing is, I mean, BTS is now a global star and they know it. Right. So even that, some small attempts to show Koreanness and the little gesture they, mm-hmm. they uh, make have a such powerful, powerful impact. So in that respect, their Koreanness expressed, especially in this video, is as powerful and effective as any other experimental Korean music mm-hmm. because they're they're idle. But ironically, they say, I don't care if you're we're idle or artist. Right. Don't so call me I artist. think it's really deep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that choice. I'm glad that you put it on there. What's your number four? Mm. DNA. <laughs> So Isaac and I both have this on our list as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have it at number four. Isaac has it at number three. So let's just talk about it now. Sure. Kind of a similar color palette to Idol in terms of being all rainbow everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Youngdae, why is this on your list at number four? Well, I think the song is so so natural and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I think it has very universal aesthetics that mm-hmm. anyone can enjoy without sacrificing that and inherent aesthetics of BTS. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everything, choreography is flawless and every aspect of, of the video is very, looks very natural. The mm-hmm. drops are great and the signature uh, choreography, the DNA mm-hmm. is wonderful. And overall tone, you know, color and especially styling are um, natural and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. This is the BTS mm-hmm. music video that I would send someone if they were like, I've never encountered BTS. What do you like about them? Send me a music video. Yeah. Mm. I would send them DNA. First of all, I just think it's very representative of their appeal and their energy and their style. And 
first of all, it's just great looking. I love like the rainbow effects. <laughs> yeah. And they also, if you've ever watched like the behind the scenes video of them making this, they use so many practical effects and practical sets. Yeah. I think, mm. I think one, if I have one complaint about K-pop music videos is that there's too much CGI and too many mm. like kind of iffy looking effects. Yeah. Whereas with DNA, it looks so good because like they're on those sets and it's all mm. this like creative camera movement and all these practical effects, which is kind of rare. Yeah. Um, mm. And it turns out looking so good. And you mentioned the styling. I also, I think it can be difficult with K-pop boy groups to kind of strike a balance between having kind of this fun and cheery concept and not sort of like infantilizing mm. the members. You know, I think a lot of groups kind of fall in that just like cutesy, like kind of like, okay, like mm. we, we get it. Like they're adults. Come on. Right. And I think mm. DNA strikes a perfect balance between being fun and cheery and peppy and also just like not like making like they're adults, like they're adults mm. now and mm-hmm. and they can still be fun and cheery and peppy and like be adults. And so I think I just love the everything, really everything about the DNA music video. I think yeah. it's great. It also helps that the song is good. The song's fun. <laughs> it it's good. good. Right. Uh, the yeah. chorus is a, the chorus is really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I like any of their music videos that I mean, I'll, we'll get to my choices, but that highlight their performance aspect. I things. have that on mind yeah. as well. I have that written down. Just, just <laughs> highlighting their ability to sing and dance at the same time and like mm-hmm. the whole package of it. Yeah. And mm. DNA does not, they don't get away from that as mm-hmm. much. I agree. And this was the first song for uh, Korean general public to know that something's happening in the United States. Mm. Right. You know, because the song was performed at the American Music Awards 2017. Mm-hmm. That was exactly the time that I started my YouTube channel and talk about BTS phenomenon, especially in the U.S. And people, you know, started to understand that BTS is on the rise, mm-hmm. especially in the United States. And the song DNA signified uh, that, you know, rise to the superstardom. I agree. Yeah. What is your number three music video? Mic drop. Uh, back to mic drop. Mike, back to mic drop. Any Our favorite. <laughs> Things that you want to mention? <laughs> we haven't. We actually haven't talked about the music video. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right. So yeah, let's get haven't. into the, the visuals yeah. a little bit. It's my favorite music video. I mean, for overall styling yeah. and visuals, mm-hmm. it looks cold and stark, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. but it makes a kind of perfect harmony with music and arrangement. Uh, I, I think it contains... Almost every like aesthetics of BTS as a hip hop group that mm-hmm. cannot be easily replicated in any other groups um, still. So mm-hmm. yeah, overall the, the the music video, the styling, um, the styling as in like the oversized bomber jackets. Hell yeah, yeah which yeah, are yeah. dope. Like I really want, <laughs> I really just want to get think one. You kind of mm-hmm. look like that on a regular basis. I, well, I wear bomber jackets, but they are they don't look as good as those. <laughs> Trying um, to get my hands on them. This is also a music video that uses practical effects to like really, really strong effect mm. in the music video. I also watched the behind the scenes on this and there's a really, first of all, like they're flying around on wires, like yeah. they're doing all sorts of stuff, but there's a really funny behind the scenes clip where they're dancing in front of like a, an exploding car and they're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. guys, like we can only explode the car once. So like we got to nail the choreo. You got to just do the dance, ignore the exploding car behind you. And like, they are obviously like, it's just like this ridiculous only in K-pop thing where they imagine showing up to work and your job is to dance right. in front of an exploding and car. Like, not only that, but like have the intensity, nail the choreo perfectly, be lip syncing, like ignore the burning car behind you. Like <laughs> yeah. it just really emphasizes like how hard they work. And it looks so, good in the music video but yeah. like they're such good sports about it like they just obviously nailed it because they're bts mm. but yeah this is a really really fun music video it's really good um what is your number two your number one on the <laughs> favorite songs save me yeah yeah this is on all of our lists as well well the song was not on my favorite right. song but mm-hmm. but overall the the combination of song and the video this mm-hmm. is definitely one of my top songs right. because it's strange. It's strange because this video doesn't show much. Mm-hmm. No. Nevertheless, it is the most iconic video of BTS. I like. I like that simplicity. You know, yeah. the whole performance and the and the, the outfits and styling. It's very simple. Yet Minimalist. And, yeah, beautiful. Even if you don't say much or show much, there's a song that can Im- impress you much. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think this is one of those songs. Very intuitive. The feelings are there. It is those are conveyed effortlessly by the performance, their facial expression, the, the outfits and, and the backgrounds. It is not much, but it's it's so good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is actually number two on all of our lists. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually is. Yeah. What I really love about Save Me is that, you know, as you just said, the minimalist aspect of it, but the way that the cameras move and like the yes. little little tricks that they do, um, it's all one tracking shot. I'm sure they stitched it some places, but like mm. when the first chorus hits and you see all seven of them mm-hmm. at once, because like it starts with just Chimin, right? And then other members come in as right. their verses happen in the first mm-hmm. chorus, they're all together. And then one part where they like shimmy their shoulders and then the camera uh-huh. moves with them. Like that was really cool. Yeah. Mm. As I said earlier, I think this music video belongs in a museum just for the kind of artistic achievement of just on like a filmmaking level. Like they right. did a really mm. good job, whoever the director was. Yeah. It also just totally subverts our expectations or what we've been taught to expect from a K-pop music video. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. like the just like the basis in the history of K-pop music videos is that they're so over the top. There's this spectacle. There's this like polish, like CGI, overly mm. styled quality to them. And Save Me is so not that in every way. Absolutely. It's kind of like, it's almost more like a K-pop dance practice, which is also kind of a genre of video that's really popular where yeah. groups will... Like a performance video? Right, a performance video <laughs> yeah. or a dance practice yeah. where like they'll release just like all the choreo in one take. Mm, right. And that's almost mm. what this is, just in a field with yeah. great camera work. And yeah. it really appeals to that. It shows that like they know what fans want to see yeah. in a totally different mm. sense. Because they just want to focus on them and they want to focus mm. on the movement and mm. the song. In Korean, there's this word, serendetta. It's, you know... Um, polished. Yeah, polished, but in a different... Sophisticated. Yeah, sophisticated, polished, mm. modern, like kind of all of those words mm. all in one adjective. Serendetta, like, I think that's the best adjective that I would use to describe it. It's it's not hectic. It's not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily passive. You're going to notice it and you're going to focus on it. And mm. you're going to come back to it a million times like I have done. Mm. I think the fact that all of our number one songs are different and aren't on anyone else's <laughs> yeah. list means that I think Save Me is actually probably our probably favorite, our favorite overall. Collectively. Um, mm. So we'll just acknowledge that before we move on to our more controversial ones. Um, but Youngday, what is your number one BTS music video? It's Spring Day. I had this on my list as well, and then I, I moved some things around and lost it. But I'm really glad that you have it at number one. Yeah, I, I don't know what was happening whenever I listened to this song <laughs> or watching music video, but yeah. it just moves me. You know, the mm-hmm. the beauty of it, the beauty of youth, the music video shines just brightly. You know, the lingering feelings of sadness and nostalgia mm-hmm. in the lyrics are perfectly, you know, and beautifully expressed visually as well. Mm-hmm. And the whole feeling is such beautiful and is almost sad uh, at the same time. And I won't forget this this music video ever. It's very striking in a very subtle way. And I don't quite Mm. know why it does like just really have this emotional resonance that I don't know if it comes from just from the song. And like, if we we could just be staring at a wall, listening to the song and we would think it was emotional because of the song, Mm. (laughs) but yeah, it, 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 I don't know what it is about them. You know, there are the scenes of them like kind of walking through a train and just gathering, gathering together Mm. and coming together and, yeah, I, it is extremely emotional. It's a beautiful music video. Yeah. Mm. Isaac, would you like to give us your top five music videos? Yeah, so I, I went top down for my songs. I'm going to go bottom up like you guys have been Great. for the music video. Uh, I'm going to start with N.O. Everybody say no. So glad that you did these. Isaac's number five and number four yeah, are I, like. I, yeah, we'll do them together. Sure. Uh, NO and Haruman, which is just one day. like visually appealing music mm-hmm. videos and it's mostly mm. just them yeah and they're just performing mm. and that's kind of what i like about music videos is, is that it's a very controlled and, and polished expression of their song in a holistic sense in visual mm-hmm. and audio and uh i would like to pair these two together because these two were among the earlier songs mm-hmm. and right. they weren't like huge hits but they showed me what they had you know, right. as mm. as dancers, as performance, as people who can, in like a Monteverdian sense, pair their music and meaning together. And um, Haruman especially, uh, just mm. one day, sorry, um, 
I speak English, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haruman especially, like I remember watching it for the first time. I'm thinking it was a little bit cheesy and then I watched it again. And then again, I'm like, you know what? This is really sincere. Uh-huh. And it actually mm. conveys that boyish charm in a very mature way. And the aesthetic of just them in a white room. Mm-hmm. And then the shadow of a clock, of a large mm. clock. It was super cool. Like <laughs> I rewatched it last night and be like, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I rewatched these also yesterday after you picked them. And these came out before I was a BTS fan. Yeah. And I think these are kind of some of the videos where like newer fans may look back and be like, whoa, eyeliner. And like, whoa, mm. like, are, am I on a hot topic right now? Like, why is <laughs> They're wearing school clothes. The styling, yeah, the styling mm. was very like reminiscent kind of of like the time and of kind of the K-pop trends. Yeah. And you get kind of just the, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like, it's a very like kind of goth, emo, grunge, mm. like 2013 K-pop styling. But they are really great videos. I really like NO as well. Um, they're like in a classroom and there's yeah. all this imagery of them yeah. kind of rebelling against this sort of futuristic teacher, futuristic. With the red little tape Creepy thing. red eye yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it it's like this very fun take on kind of like rebelling against like the, the classroom and like the school mm. system that just places kind of these expectations that you know, kids can't really meet. And I mean, as we said, right. that's kind of been the theme, but it's a really cool visualization of that. Mm. Very striking. It's it's very ambitious for mm-hmm. for a group who had still uh, in all your career, mm-hmm. you know. I was glad that you picked these because I had not revisited yeah. them in a long time. <laughs> um, right. My number three and number two are DNA and Save Me, which we've exhausted the discussion on, I think. <laughs> my mm-hmm. number one, even though I've expressed how much I love Save Me, my number one is actually Jara, Dope. This was the music video that I thought, okay, they've arrived. Mm. They've arrived. Mm. I think it's their best choreography. Mm. Just in terms of, it's not their hardest. It's not the most flashy. But the way they execute it, the way they're having fun doing it. (laughs) Dope is such a fun song. They're having so much fun. And the video itself, there are a few gimmicks with like some drones and all. Mm -hmm. And they all have different jobs. Right. But like for the most part, it's just them dancing. Right. And it's just them really going for it. And... Every time they hit a chorus and a dance break, it's it's electric. I, I genuinely mm. go back to it uh, whenever I'm, uh, you know, I need a little boost in my day. Like, yeah, mm. it's a great music video. Yeah, and I had I debated putting this on my songs list as well because it's another one in that vein of like Fire and Bebse and Run, where it's just like fans hear that first like oh, first time with BTS yeah. and like just absolutely lose it. And like, you just know what's coming. You know, they're going to have a great time for the next four minutes. Oh, yeah, you know, you're going to have a great time for the next four minutes. And mm. it's just one that it feels like they're never going to get tired of performing. And like, we're never going to get tired of hearing. Yeah. Um, and the music video is, is the same way. It's just a great time. Start to finish. I like dope. Probably my honorable mentions on my top songs list. Mm-hmm. And also my you know, best music video list. Um, you know, a few years ago, I taught in college, uh, the Korean popular culture. This song, Jara, was always on my list to, you know, to kind of represent the latest style of K-pop mm. as a combination of hip-hop and idol and more kind of genuine, aggressive attitude. And this this song has them all, So and music video as well. So, yeah, I like it. Great choice. All right. Are we ready? Can I do mine? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I love it. Um, I did cheat a little bit on this first one. I'm going to do five to one (laughs) as well. My number five is Shadow. It's unfair. It's unfair. It is unfair. You picked the latest one. I did, but I, I'm going to use it as a vessel to talk about how basically this is the latest. Um, it's Interlude Shadow, which is the the introduction mm. for Map of the Soul Seven. But I just want I literally just wanted to use this as a reason to shout out the fact that I think the solo songs and the introductions to a lot of these albums are some um, of what I think is some of their most visually impressive work. Yeah. Um, I think the video for Shadow I thought was amazing in several ways. I like it more every time I watch it. I think it just has this amazing like dichotomy between Minyungi and then there's Suga and he's watching himself mm. on the stage and there's and I think, you know, Persona had similar themes and similar imagery. But I think just looking back, like, you know, Singularity has this wonderful aesthetic and this wonderful kind of slinky feel. 
Mm. The video for Euphoria makes me extremely emotional. Um, <laughs> and that one is like eight minutes long and just yeah. is like has all these themes of them like coming together. And I genuinely makes me very emotional. And I just think there's such a high production value in like kind of their individual songs and their individual individual achievements. And I think they just get better and better. And so I just wanted to use this number five spot to basically mm. shout that out and just say that mm. I love I love basically all of the individual music videos as well. Cheater. I know. It's okay. <laughs> I accept it. Okay, so my number four was DNA, uh, which we've already discussed. Number three, I have Not Today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I just think the scope of this video is so massive and it matches the scope of the stage. Yeah. I think you I don't know that you can really talk about the Not Today music video without talking about the stage. And it's it's like what Isaac said, where we kind of have a preference for the videos that show off the choreo. Yeah. And that is what Not Today does. It has this incredibly high energy stage. So many mm. dancers on stage for it. Oh, my God. Oh, my, so many. And it's like has this mm. like militant feel, but like. It's so intense yes. and so hardcore. Yeah, when they throw their jackets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Crazy. Um, and so, you know, I think they did the music video perfectly in that they just put them in these wide open spaces. They're in a garage and then they're in the middle of the mountains and they're on like this helicopter landing pad. And it's just them in this absolute army, no pun intended, of backup <laughs> dancers. And there's this shot when they like hit the chorus where they're in the triangle shape mm -hmm. where I believe mm -hmm. Taeyong's at the front. Mm -hmm. And... They just hit it so hard and the camera goes above them and you see that they're just in this massive, perfect triangle of like just absolutely insane dancing all at the same time. Um, and I just love that it's like this huge scope for this song that has such a huge feeling, mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. on stage, like in concerts and also in this music video. And they, it's another one that just absolutely crushes on tour. It's one of the ones that they, I think, usually start out with, or at least like in the first couple songs of, of the concerts. And it's great. It's fabulous. Again, the oversized MA1 bomber jackets. Just want to shout those out. Really great. That was <laughs> if when, anybody like, has a hookup. Yeah, that was when Taehyung really, really started wearing the bandanas all the time, too. Oh, really yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. An yeah. important stage for me personally. <laughs> um, okay, so my number two was Save Me. I have to say, my number one music video, I, when I did not see it on either one of your lists, I was <laughs> offended on behalf of myself, uh -huh. on behalf of the sighted public, on behalf of fans everywhere. Obviously, I'm talking about the best BTS music video, Her Majesty. Mm. Oh, my God. Blood, sweat, and tears. Come mm. on. Right. I am fully speaking for the fans right now, and I think it's by far the most fan favorite BTS music video. Hmm. The fans are right in this case. Um, okay. <laughs> this is like very, very over the top. It's the opposite of Save Me in that sense, in that it's like this very fantastical concept and setting. It starts out with them like in this museum and they've got like, you know, this these very like fanciful velvet jackets and, and they're hmm. walking through and there are these statues and it transitions into like this, I don't know, just like this kind of luxurious like fantasy world. And... The imagery is gorgeous. It like reminds me of like a Del Toro movie where like mm. it's got these like angel statues and right. there's this like interlude where like Jin and Taeyong just like for three minutes just like act and are like in a fantasy movie. Mm. And I just think it's beautiful. It's definitely more elegant than before. Right. It's definitely I, more sophisticated. Yeah. And I think right. a, a lot of K-pop groups have done this kind of concept since and certainly before, but definitely since. And I think this is just kind of the peak of it. I think it's a great song as well. And it has beautiful yeah. choreo. You've got that intro with, with Jimin in the middle. Um, yeah, without any, like, without any intro, Jimin starts uh, to mm -hmm. sing yes. in the very beginning. It's right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people have covered the song as well. And no one just, mm. no one quite nails it like him, obviously. Yeah. I mean, mm. you know, I'm a big fan of his voice. But yeah. yeah, the way he sings Pitam Numur and he like, yes. he like really <laughs> chews on the words. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's one of the kind of biggest transformation musically. Mm -hmm. Since the debut. Yeah. So now they're kind of expressing themselves as more as a pop group rather than hip hop idol mm -hmm. kind of type. Yeah. So it, it, it has all the like newest trends, reggaeton or yeah, um, reggaeton those, is definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dance hall genres. 
So musically, it's, it's interesting. And the symbolic lyric, you know, mm-hmm. Baroque style, you know, mysticism. And it's very different from their previous materials. Mm-hmm. So I think musically, it's very interesting song. And visually, it's so complex. I mean, it has everything. In the, it does. So different. Yeah, so different, like, aesthetics. And you, yeah. you can write a whole dissertation about it. And it's, <laughs> Quite a feast yeah, for the it, eyes. Right, right. Definitely. <laughs> it is. Um, this was a great time, you guys. We'll have to come back together and do performances at some point. We'll be here for three hours <laughs> and no one will listen to it. Uh, it'll just be for us. But yeah, thank you so much, Yonde, for calling in. Isaac, thank you for lending your expertise. Thank you for having me. As well. We are going to try to do more K-pop pods on this feed. Let us know what kinds of things you want us to talk about. I know a lot of BTS fans are like, oh, BTS. Um, but if you like other groups, let us know. Let us know who else you'd like to hear. Um, we're definitely going to do some sort of some sort of BTS review when Map of the Soul comes out. Yes. Mm. Um, and buy Youngday's book. It's great. <laughs> BTS, the review. Highly recommend it. Whatever books are sold. Is that right? <laughs> various yeah, Amazon, various translations. Yeah. The yeah. ebook is available on Amazon. Yes, and, uh, I got that Kindle, that Kindle version. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was a great time. Um, like, rate, review, subscribe to the Ringer Dish feed, and we will see you next time. 